Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ambassadors Forum radio show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to defend your faith. This show is pre-recorded because right now I am standing on stage giving a talk at our annual apologetics conference. This year is virtual, so if anybody wants to attend, you can go to our website, theambassadorsforum.com, and still register. You will have missed the first few talks, but you can still catch many other plenary talks and also all of the breakouts. It goes until 5 p.m. today and even includes a full one-hour Q&A with Josh McDowell and other speakers to answer your specific questions. The theme of this year's conference is Tethered to the Truth. It gives practical advice to those who are struggling in a crazy year like this one. Now, you don't need me to tell you how hard 2020 has been. I don't know about you, but this year has caused me to grow pretty weary. It's reminded me of what the Bible says throughout, that we will never be fully content here on earth. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, we are sojourners and exiles here. Philippians chapter 3 says, our citizenship is in heaven. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, this world is not our home. Instead, we long to be at home in heaven. I've read those truths in scripture for years, but now, finally in 2020, they've become real. I've really felt them and experienced them as my reality. I'm sure you have too. But the Bible also teaches that our faith is designed to thrive in such difficult circumstances. I'm reminded of times in the Bible when leaders told their followers what to expect in this life. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, Paul said this to his church. We wanted to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you are going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, the apostle wrote this to those in his care. Dear friends, Don't be surprised at the fiery troubles you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Yet another time is when Jesus told his disciples near the end of his earthly ministry in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace. Here on earth you will have many trials and tribulations and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Even though those verses were not written directly to us in America in the year 2020, I think they communicate timeless truths for Christians of all times. I think of it like this. Our Christian life is well illustrated by the analogy of a kite. Everyone knows that to fly a kite, you need two things, wind and string. If you don't have any wind, you don't have any flight, 
it's just a dead kite lying on the ground. And if you don't have any string, you don't have any kite. It just blows away in the wind. Our Christian lives are the same way. We will always have opposition. There will always be the wind of trials and tribulations, especially in a year like 2020. Our job is to make sure we are tethered to something solid, tethered to the truth. Christianity is designed to flourish in the tension of these two things. When you have a strong wind, you need a stronger tether. And that's when you can really soar. We named this year's conference Tethered to the Truth because we wanted Christians to understand that our faith doesn't decrease in times of trials and tribulations. It is made stronger through adversity. Now, I want to share with you some of the lies that we're going to be addressing at the conference. And we set it up in that kite analogy as winds, things that are blowing our kite around. Those are the lies in our culture. And our strong tether to the truth, those are things that we can anchor ourselves in that the Bible teaches. So one of the lies is all roads lead to the same God. Well, the truth is that Christianity is unique and incompatible with every other religion. Another lie is that science disproves the Bible. Well, the truth is that science only works in a biblical worldview. Another lie is, well, Christianity is just another religion. What's the truth? Christianity is the most intellectually consistent explanation of reality, way more than a religion. Another lie is that the existence of evil proves that there is no God. What's what's the reality? The truth is, the existence of evil actually proves there is a God. Another lie is that Christians don't support love or justice. When the truth is, the only real love or real justice comes from God and the Bible. Another lie is, We shouldn't impose our biblical worldview on our children. What's the truth? Our kids are already being indoctrinated by anti-God propaganda starting in elementary school. Another lie is, the Bible isn't true. The truth is, there's overwhelming evidence that the Bible is true. Another lie is, some people might say, well, Maybe the Bible was true a long time ago, but the Bible we have today has been corrupted. What's the truth? We have the same Bible today as when it was written. So these are many of the examples of the lies that we're going to confront in the conference and then the truths that the Bible teaches that can tether us to reality as we fight against these lies. It's not too late to join us. After you finish listening to this broadcast on the radio, go to our website, theambassadorsforum.com, and register and join our virtual conference. Now let's go to a question from our website. Why do Christians consider mere words written by men to be the words of God? That's a good question, and one that we hear a lot. The short answer is, They don't. So why do so many people think they do? 
It's helpful to review a bit about the nature of the Bible and how it was canonized. That word means recognized as the word of God. In order to understand why this misperception is so prevalent. First of all, it's crucial to remember that the foundation of everything that is written that is considered to be the word of God or the Bible, that foundation is the Ten Commandments. Those words were heard by two million people at once and written with the very finger of God himself on stone tablets. Those ear witnesses, the people who heard God speak the Ten Commandments, also saw a simultaneous cataclysmic event, a huge mountain shaking, lightning, fire. And because of this event, Moses was received by those people as a prophet of God. And the five books that he wrote, called the Torah or the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, became the first five books of what we know as the Bible. This is how it's described in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, and he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and rules that you might do them in the land that you are going over to possess. So those original words were never considered to be mere words written by men. But more importantly, none of the books in the Bible have ever been considered to be mere words of men. They were believed to be breathed out by God, the product of men being led by the Holy Spirit of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says that all Scripture is God-breathed. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, he says, No prophecy or Scripture was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now, many people think that the various books got selected to be in the Bible by some human council or a church vote. This reveals another common incorrect assumption. The Bible wasn't later compiled as an anthology of ancient writings to have divine authority. No, all of those books were considered to be the Word of God the moment that they were written. You might ask, well, so how does that work? The law of gravity can serve as a helpful, albeit imperfect, example. If I asked you, what human scientific convocation established gravity to be in effect across the universe? You'd say, none, right? That's silly. Gravity wasn't created by the authority of men. It was established as its own absolute truth by God from the moment he created it, and only later recognized by people as they studied it. It's a similar thing with the Bible. The books we now call the Bible 
were the words of God the moment they were written, and only later universally recognized by the people of God who received them as the words of God. This process was repeatedly confirmed by the people of God for centuries. One final point is useful to consider. Christians view the Word of God as the ultimate authority. The Bible is the highest form of our authority. Higher than governments, higher than church leaders, higher than even the church itself. Now, it might seem counterintuitive at first, but think about it. If people had the authority to decide what was the Word of God, which is supposed to be the ultimate authority, then that would mean that they would have even greater authority than God's Word, which is the ultimate authority. I know it's a pretty big concept, but it's just something to think about. Here's another question from our website. (laughs) This is kind of a fun one. Is Kanye actually a Christian, and should we listen to his music? (laughs) This is a good question. Um, Kanye West, or any celebrity for that matter, is subject to the same criteria for being a Christian as any other person. So what does the Bible say? Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I guess we would say if Kanye has repented of his sins and submitted to Christ as Lord of his life, then he, like anyone else, has become a Christian. The Bible says a true Christian will bear fruit. So time will tell whether or not Kanye's conversion is authentic. And before we criticize and judge whether or not we think his fruit is sufficient, remember that we're all in a process that the Bible calls sanctification that will make us look more and more like Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24 says it like this, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So for the second part of that question, should we listen to Kanye's music? Well, much of his music before his conversion is not very edifying, even if it does have some Christian themes. And some of it is just downright explicitly inappropriate. However, his latest album, after his announced conversion, called Jesus is King, has many lyrics that are very biblical and God-honoring. What music we listen to is a personal choice. Finally, it's helpful to remember that God does not call us to follow after human celebrities because of their fame. But he can use anyone where they are to bring him glory if they are willing to submit to him. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29 says, Brothers, consider your calling. Not many are wise from a human perspective. Not many are powerful. Not many are of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, 
what is viewed as nothing to bring to nothing what is viewed as something so that no one can boast in his presence. I want to go back to a topic that I covered in an earlier broadcast, on October 10th to be exact. If you missed that episode, you can go to our website, theambassadorsforum.com, and click on the radio tab to listen. All of our past radio shows are archived there, so it's a great resource to send to your friends and family to introduce them to our ministry and connect them to our helpful resources. The question was, what's apologetics? And in that first episode, I explained that the word apologetics has nothing to do with being sorry or expressing regret for something. It's not Christians apologizing for being Christians or Christians apologizing for believing that the Bible is the Word of God. It's a transliterated word from the Greek language that has a working definition of getting at the truth of something. It's a word that's used in a court setting of accusations and rebuttals. Now, I want to expand on that answer and explore why this is so important for Christianity specifically. A lot of people think of Christianity as just another religion with a little bit of Jesus added in. Well, sort of, but not really. At its core, Christianity represents a worldview that is so different so radical that stands in such stark contrast to every other secular or religious worldview out there that most people, even those who have been Christians their whole lives, don't really understand it. They haven't taken the time to really think through their faith. Listen to this excerpt from the book of Ephesians, Chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, talking about people who reject God. They are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. Later, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 and 22, Paul contrasts how Christians should act differently. This is not what you learned from Christ's teaching. You have certainly heard his message and have been taught his ways. The truth is in Jesus. You were taught to change the way you were living. Later on in that chapter, he explains it as clearly as he can. So then, get rid of lies. Speak the truth to each other because we are all members of the same body. Now, did you catch that? Christianity is supposed to be a thinking person's domain. Many people today talk about Christianity being an exercise of blind faith, that you have to check your brain at the door of the church, that the Bible can't stand up to intellectual scrutiny and investigation. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Wake up, people, and stop misrepresenting Christianity. In a few words, Christianity is the most mind-blowing concept on earth. It explains 
all of reality in a logical, consistent, reasonable account. The truth of Christianity stands in direct opposition to the faulty and self-contradicting philosophies of the world. And when you realize that, when you fully embrace not just the love and forgiveness of Christ on the cross, but also the mindset and the worldview that represents the way God thinks, it will change you. It will change your thinking. It will change your actions. It will change your happiness and everything about your life. It is all-encompassing, all-consuming, all-important. In this story of reality called Christianity, God created everything out of nothing. In this story of Christianity, mankind's sin or rebellion against their creator ruined everything. It is the root of all of our problems today. And in this story of Christianity, there is redemption and hope healing and restoration, forgiveness and fulfillment, new life and a glorious ending. It is unlike any story you've ever heard. It's unlike any story that's ever been written. And you are at the center of it. Because Christianity is so radical, so unique, many people misunderstand it. Many others want to cover it up. Many others want to destroy it, so it needs defending, and that is what apologetics is all about. If that's not the version of Christianity you've been told, I'm sorry, you've been shortchanged. You've been ripped off. You haven't been given the full deal, and the tragedy is that a neutered Christian theology is a faith with no power, and in the end, no transformation for your life. Whoo, got a little passionate with that one. Well, let me wrap it up with a few closing thoughts. I love our culture here in the Pacific Northwest. It's gritty. It's direct. But above all else, it's real. And to be perfectly honest, it can be a pretty hard place to be a Christian because it's not always an environment that it's very friendly to our Christian faith. But I want to encourage you, People here value authenticity. Bottom line, they do want to engage. They want to hear what you believe, especially if you have a good reason for why you believe it. So get out there and give it a shot. Think through what you believe. Make sure you know why you believe it. And above all else, please, for the love of God, people, listen more than you speak. You will be surprised at the wonderful conversations you have and the beautiful people that you meet. Now, how about you? Where are you with the Lord today? What hard questions are you struggling with? The Bible has answers. In fact, it has the answer to the hard question that you are struggling with right now. You can do this. The Ambassadors Forum is here to help you get started. Go to our website at theambassadorsforum.com. And while you're there, you can look at some of the questions that we've already answered. You can ask us your hard question. You can sign up to receive our monthly newsletter and browse through some of our helpful resources. 
Make sure to follow us on Facebook and sign up to join us for one of our monthly forum events where we bring in great speakers that present on relevant topics in your life today. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio. You can hear us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 